Well, 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 here we are. Dinging the bell for the beginning of the Chi Time live today on February the 9th, 2021. We have Katie Brockhurst in the house. Social Media Angel, she's written two books on uh, social media and the new age. Um, she is a digital well-being specialist and really likes to sort of bring lots of information through to help support our use of social media. So I've known Katie for a few years now. She is a, she's a consummate researcher. She's always searching for the truth. She wants to get behind what's really going on. She's a fascinating conversationalist. Totally thrilled to have her here on Cheetah. So welcome in once again, dear Katie. Thank you. <laughs> so, we are both here. We both live on the Avalon land. I'm about half an hour away from you. And it's been snowy here. It's been frosty. We've been stuck in. But it's been very beautiful. There's been a pristine quality to the snow that's been falling. And yeah. I find this a real um, tonic to my senses with all the overwhelm that we get online coming in from all sorts of angles. And then, you know, being able to presence myself by looking out the window, I look out the window, you usually see bricks because of my next door neighbor, but then it's been this whiteness is clear. Do you think this is something that we're really looking for now is, is space to be in sort of stillness, almost like clarity vision when nothing's perplexing us or nothing's pulling on us? Absolutely. One of the things that we were seeing before we even went into the year that was 2020 and the year that is 2021 was the high information load in our brains from being online a lot, being on social media a lot, and not understanding really what that's doing to our brains. And we actually get what is known as information overload. And, and what that's doing is it, it, it affects our creativity, it affects our ability to think deeply, to read deeply, so the fact that we were already in an epidemic of screen time before we went into the pandemic of, of the world, which has increased then, I mean, some of the stats are saying that our screen time's gone up by like 80%, which was already at levels that were like crazy high anyway. What that means is I think our bodies are craving the nothing. Yeah. One of the things that that really keyed me into the studies around digital well-being. There was an amazing psychologist, a digital psychologist um, known Doreen Dodgen McGee had written this book called, um, oh, what is her book called? I've just forgotten it, how could device, it's amazing. A great name, Doreen Dodgen McGee. I know, I know, oh, she's so wonderful. Oh, she's just incredible. But one of the chapters was all about the importance of being bored the importance of silence for our brains and actually carving out time in your day to do nothing. And a lot of people, can't, they get caught up with feeling like they've got to meditate or that's the doing. Then it's like, no, actually just sit, look out a window, watch the birds, 
sit, be, take a cup of tea, allow yourself to have that time. And actually then the, the nourishment that that's given because, you know, we stopped being bored because we had these devices, you know, we're waiting for a bus, we get our phone out, we're waiting for a friend to turn up if we're, when we were meeting them for cups of tea. <laughs> you know, you get your phone out, you're sat by yourself at a table, you get your phone out, you sat by yourself at any point. And we've got the greatest entertainment device we could ever hope for that's in our pocket. So whether it's watching a YouTube video, catching up with what people are up to on Facebook or, or news, you know, there's just, it's just all there. It is. Like course, this, um, this need to be or bored is an interesting word because when you say the word bored, it, it, it feels like it's something bad. And no, it's actually this sort of, um, this in-between time, this sort of like liminal space where you can just be. And as you know, both of us practice Qigong, we are aware of that presence of being, that essence of being that needs space to, to breathe and be. That's our creativity, that's our vitality. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if we're constantly overstimulating ourselves, where do we find the time to nurture this quintessential aspect of self? Yeah, absolutely. It's so important, not only for our psyche, but also for our well-being and our physical well-being, our physiological well-being. It's on every level. Very, very true. So, Katie, you've just um, come out of a digital well-being uh, diploma course, haven't you? This was something that you were doing back in the end of last year. And is this something that they're constantly having to update with the new statistics coming out? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've stayed on as part of an on. So I finished my diploma and then I decided to stay on with the organization to stay part of a mentor mentoring program because part of that was we get all the latest up-to-date research. We get to stay on top of the space as it's emerging. And obviously when I, signed up to do that diploma it was before we'd gone into to the march of last year when things got really serious mm. um, and you know we were studying together throughout it mm. and i think what we all realized was just how needed we were going to be come the middle end duration you know and and i'm seeing it so much you know now just just that sense that people are exhausted and of course we're exhausted because we've been through a collective trauma with everything going on but I equally think we're exhausted because we're on we're having to do all of that I mean you know parts of the lockdowns I live by myself it was like all my socializing all my work all my everything is doing being done through a computer And then I'm not having any time in embodied spaces with other humans that I'm then getting to co-regulate from a physiological perspective as well. And just the impact that then that was having on my body and my being. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not only then the stress and everything else of the whole situation too on top of that, but, you know, devices I knew before all of this 
do actually deplete our energy. I was going to ask you that. So are, is there research out around um, when you have a lot of screen time, how is this de depletion? Is it because we're so out there and in there that we're not embodied in being and sitting back with it? Or is it the lights or is it frequency? <laughs> All of it, Clara. So you've got, well, the fact that even now as we're doing this, you don't normally have a conversation and see yourself looking back at you. That's true. What's one level of zooming and things that we don't realize we're taking into account that we've got this constant attention on ourselves that we wouldn't have in a normal, normal social situation. Mm -hmm. And you can now they have brought in a thing where you can turn off self view, which is quite nice. In fact, I might do it. I just I don't want to do it and then it disappear while we're recording. No, we can while we're recording. That. You can do that. You can take if you tap on the three dots on Zoom, you can do hide self view. Oh no, I've got all I can do is stop the live stream. I better not stop the live stream right now because we are live on Cheat Time TV with Katie Brockhurst. Yay! Um, but that one of the things is is that um because so much of our socializing and also our business is online now, can we choose whether to have our screens on sometimes and whether to have just audio? You know, because this is like, how do we manage this, Katie? Because we're, yeah. in, we're in up to our necks and beyond. So how do we manage with what we've got? Boundaries is a beautiful part of it. So um, as you know, this afternoon, I had a call with someone I'm collaborating with and I immediately instinctively said, I'll send you the Zoom link. And she replied saying, actually, I've already got loads of Zooms in this week. Could we do it audio only? And my entire body just went, oh, yes, yes that would be lovely. Thank you. I would love just to do this call on audio. Yeah. So we just, yeah, we just did like an hour and a half session, but but through, through uh, audio instead. So this is a, a choice point for people, isn't yeah. it? You don't always have to be on video. Yes, it was one of the thrills, you know, when I was a kid, it used to be one day in the future, we'll be able to video call each other. And there's a certain amount of like excitement about that. And now yeah. it's like, it's, it can become a pressure to yeah. like, oh no, I just, I'm, I touch you, but I really don't want to go on yeah. the screen right now. And it's like, really? It's like, no, really, I don't. Like you say, boundaries, I just don't. Because you're having, you know, you've got, I think that's why Clubhouse, which is the new social media app everyone's talking about and loving, is so popular is because it's audio only and it's live. So everyone's saying, you know, I can be doing the dishes or making dinner and I could be adding my bit to a conversation and I haven't got to be looking at the screen or looking at myself or doing any of those things. Because also the thing with screens, it, it, a lot of people are saying that their eyesight has got worse Oh, really? This last year and that they're like going outside and they haven't got as good vision at a distance. Oh, because you're not looking at the horizon and coming back and all. Yeah, that's important, isn't it? Looking at a screen. So what about the children? I mean, we have got close friends of ours that have got children and, and they're like, oh, all their schooling is online. It's like, well, I think we have to be really careful. There was a study that was done in Korea with young uh, people who played a lot of video games mm -hmm. uh, as children and none of their eyesight had developed in the same way. So they were having long difficulties with long sightedness. It just wasn't developing as they were developing as young 
as, as young people. We've, we've also seen studies coming out that a lot of screen time under the age of 11 actually affects the development of white matter in the brain. There's, you know, we've, we have got 10 year studies now that are out the more longer term studies, which show, I mean, it shows uh, developmental, developmental issues in adults. So you can only imagine the developmental issues that it may be having on young people who have not yet developed fully. Oh, Katie, so this gets us into the realm of um, what can only be described as cognitive dissonance because this information is out there for yeah. us to um, glean and yeah. to learn from, just as there's information about the current situation from all sides that is out there. There are things that are being said in plain view and uh, that it's like, did they really say that? And people aren't picking up on it. Yeah. So we've, we've got this overstimulation, this overwhelm. We've got yeah. psychological um, mind games being played, quite honestly, uh, yes. with the mass population. So where can people go to be in their right minds? Mm -hmm. Nature is the best place. Is, or it? into that space of silence and boredom or boredom you know creativity it's about creating a practice you know I mean and I need to listen to my own advice here of every day having an hour or two where you know I have lots of notepads with I use like colored paper and pens and rather than doing all of the work through the computer I will go into a space I've got a space in my garden a, a garden room that I've created where I don't have the wi-fi <laughs> though funnily enough that's crept in because it's my space to go do yoga and now I've got to do yoga over zoom rather than yoga in person so now I've had to put wi-fi up there because I don't have space in the house so but having a space where you don't have wi-fi would be ideal you yeah. know the weather's obviously hard at the moment so it's harder to go outside and take notebooks and be creative but the minute you see a sun sign patch like drop the laptops I mean they're saying now as well like people whether you're working for yourself or working jobs uh doing more hours during lockdown because of the connectedness of devices you don't have you know your time in the day where you would have been commuting and maybe you wouldn't have been though you know I did notice whenever I visited London after I'd left that every time I visited everyone on the tube was face down in the phone ear pods in and like super connected and I'm quite into the idea of where are we going as a human race, like is transhumanism a thing, which is the, the intersect of biology and AI and technology, which is actually the fourth industrial revolution, which you can read about on our government's website. Um, so it is, you know, we're not, we're not in the realms of conspiracy in any way, shape or form with this. And it's where things are going, automation. And I look around and I think, are we already there yet to some degree? We've all got a screen in front of our face for most of our waking hours. And if we've not got a screen in our face, we've, we've got an ear pod in our ear. So we're permanently connected. And it's where mankind and technology merge is the point of singularity, which they say could be as soon as 2025. I mean, this is me going kind of out there, but I think it's something we also need to consider, like the real term impact, are we the last humans? I mean, Neuralink exists, Elon Musk, he actually says it's like having a phone in your brain. It's a chip that's 
you won't see it it'll your hair will grow over it it's, it exists now they're they're running the tests and he says like when Neuralink you know its initial use will be to help people with spinal cord injuries and some really fascinating and exciting things how it can really help people with neurological disorders yeah. but he's then saying the next phase will be it'll be like having a phone in you know actually connected to your brain so, so where does choice come in then well i think choice is already coming in and this is what i'm working with a lot of my clients I mean, I traditionally have helped people build their social media platforms and now I help them then manage their relationship to social media while they're running their social media platforms. And a lot of my work with them is like, okay, how do we, yeah, really good boundaries around the time that we spend online because these networks, Facebook, Instagram, obviously owned by Facebook, WhatsApp owned by Facebook, Google, Twitter, they are, you know, harvesting us for our data and they want us online as much as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible, because then they can gather more data and they can serve more ads. So it's a two way money street, serve and more data, get more data, serve more ads, money, 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 money. Becoming money. the normal, like. You're talking about that. Yeah, well, that's normal. Oh, back up a bit, back up a bit. Have you seen Social Dilemma? You know, it's like, whoa, the, yeah. the background story to how this has evolved was just, it's a mass experiment because actually our lives are massively, massively experimental. There's no handbook here on planet Earth. We're making it up as we go along. Yeah. But we do need to be aware of warning signs, don't we? Yes, we do. And I think we need to be looking at these ethical questions and also looking at what it's doing to our well-being. Like I have to be careful. People who's like, you know, you can't just come off technology. And I'm not saying for an instant, I'm not a um, I'm not one of these people who says we need to come off tech. It's not all or nothing. There is an in-between. And it's and the big question, and quite a lot of philosophers have asked this big question. It's like, are we being used by it or are we using it? You know, who's the master, who's the slave? And, and this, is the, this is the thing about artificial intelligence as being part of the mix. And this is the warning sign that Elon Musk gives is that we've always been the top dog on the planet because of uh, how our brains work. So we're the only animal that has some sort of awareness of itself in the way that we do and the way that we're able to think. And so that has led us to our supremacy, essentially, um, because we're the most intelligent. intelligent. I will use that in a loose... Inverted commas or perverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> um but by with the way that AI is going and probably already is, it's more intelligent than us. And they're saying by 2030, it will be able to do everything that we can do, but better. Okay, but what's the difference between intelligence and intuition and otherworldly awareness, Definitely. you know? Yes, for sure. It doesn't have that. But if it is able to do all of the tasks and the things we will start to see you know huge job losses if we're looking at driverless cars automated factories all the stuff of of the great great reset and what's been being proposed by the world economic forum 
you know, Amazon say by 2030, they won't need any staff. It will, or it could, you know, it could easily all be robotics. So does this mean there's going to be more time for um, recreation, people to actually get into your passions, into into hobbies, the old yes. stuff? So there, there, there could be very good implications here, but it's how it is managed and mastered yes. and, and how we as the little people choose to use it, because that's what happens. That it's, it's a response thing, isn't it? So being in a, this right at the beginning, we were talking about having that still space of pristine uh, awareness um, to actually come into, to choose from. But if you're constantly in it, and as you were saying, it is geared towards, you know, um, the, the biochemistry, the responses within us to make us want to be there more, to keep us distracted, to keep us buying this. Where's the humanity in the actual system? Does it always need to come from us? You know, is, is it down? Well, we feed the machine and the machine learns from us. It's called machine learning. So it is a very interesting cycle. And as they say in the social dilemma, if it's free, you are the product and we have become the product and we're the ones that are being spun into gold. But if you start to get your head around surveillance capitalism and there's a, a fascinating, this book I would recommend to anyone who's interested in this at all i mean it's quite a tomb um but she's in the the social dilemma and she talks a lot about how you know these we we're feeding it with our information and then they're turning it into like predictions so someone who is like two weeks older than me who has a very similar profile in terms of what they click on what they watch what they like what they've bought before because there's so many of us they're able to put us into these data set groups they can see what someone um bought two weeks ahead of me who's like me and then advertise that thing to me knowing that i'm likely to want that thing and so they're making absolutely millions and billions out of this knowing you better than you know yourself from the data that's in your phone yeah, well, it's kind of it's taking choices away from us by preempting what it is we could want. So it's sort of like un undermining our yes. ability to choose. So what, what you heard about um, Spotify's new AI and them wanting they'll be able to tell what mood you're in by your voice and then recommend songs for you. Every, particularly the women I've speak and spoken to have all felt like, A, we use music to shift our mood into something else and it's not going to know that. Mm -hmm. And how do we opt out of that? Like everyone's just like, no thanks. <laughs> Whoa, we've got a couple of comments coming in from people oh. lately on the YouTube. We've got Lisa over from uh, Indiana, USA, just saying thank you for having this conversation. You know, this is an important one to keep going. So thank you for being here on the live, Lisa. Yeah. And uh, Jack, Jackie D saying, yeah, scary about the Eton, Elon Musk thing with the hair growing back over, whatever next, you know. So is it, it is down to us to make our choices, but we still can, you know, like, oh my goodness. And, it, and as you said earlier, it's not about not wanting technology to be part of our lives. It's about choosing how and when we want to use it, because it is a phenomenal, absolutely incredible um, asset to us. It could really help with all the, the environmental yeah. problems, with the world hunger, you know, all the, there's so much that it could be really helpful for if we could take um, the greed aspect out of wanting to sell people stuff that they don't really want, you know. 
I know. It's like virtual reality. I've been looking into that and because Mark Zuckerberg is saying, he's even said it this month, that it's the next computing platform. And he, you know, he's spent billions on Facebook Horizon. And that, as much as it appeals, scares the living daylights out of me because of their track record. But then I've also looked into studies of how virtual reality is being used to help train doctors, how it could improve you know, operations, how it can be used for good. And I also think how awesome it would be to sit on my sofa, stick a headset on and be able to be somewhere else instantly and, and really feel like I'm in that space. I mean, you know, we think about the third eye. I did this amazing um, meditation called the Angelite meditation, which is like a triangle and it, it flickers a light. You close your eyes and it flickers a light over your third eye. And I was having like psychedelic journeys just through the light. So I think, you know, if you're putting on a visor and you're in these spaces, like you really are, tr you know, traveling to another dimension, essentially. Yes, but that that's a natural. That's that's quite an old um, way of doing that. I mean, maybe not with that, like, but you know the. Um, oh, I'm thinking there was um, in the past. Sorry, I can't remember who it was now. But that I think they were they were driving along the road, and there was uh, there were trees, and there was the sun behind the trees, and the the um, the flashing of the light on the trees. Um, obviously this wasn't the driver, it was the passenger, was getting an experience in their, their third eye. So there are, there are, it's that flickering of light and there are sort of brain um, training uh, apps that you can, or, you know, strap-ons, lights on them, absolutely, because it's, a, it's, it's something that stimulates this area in our brain naturally through having a, the, the light there and then going off in your own experience. And Yeah, I think it helps trigger the DMT that's stored that's in the pineal glands and then, yeah. Which is natural. Yeah. Yes. So there are, there are good things to be had here, which is brilliant. Yes. So um, Jackie just saying, didn't catch the name. Horizon? What was the horizon? Horizon, Facebook Horizon. Facebook yeah. Horizon. So um, just before we wrap up here, because I know mm -hmm. Katie's got other things to do with her life, as I'm sure you all have. Thank you for being here with us on, on Chi Time. Um, and but so with all these, you know, we've heard about Facebook and, and Twitter and WhatsApp and, and all the ones that are harvesting our data. And we now got a whole rack of new platforms to use. I know you mentioned Clubhouse before now. So and I think Telegram's the big one as well, isn't it? So there's all these multi Where do we hang out? Because a lot of people are now coming off Facebook because of yep. finding out. Yeah. Um, what do you recommend in your capacity as social media? entrepreneur i i actually recommend energetically scanning each of the platforms for yourself so i created a do-it-yourself workshop with a space and energy healer george lizos and um, he created a really beautiful meditation where you actually visit them as though they're lands like they're places like they're countries and you go and you see what's there and so I would like, you know, invite all of you to, yeah, energetically visit and travel to the platforms as energetic spaces and look to what you see and how it feels for you, because it will be different for each of us. I also am aware as much as I love Telegram, it's still a dopamine hit. Yeah. <laughs> they all are. <laughs> 
we do get dopamine it's anticipation of the reward and all of them know that i don't think i don't think you could design an app now without there being some kind of dopamine loop but i noticed with telegram i was starting to get similar sensations in my body so again look to the body look to what your body tells you and then and then create boundaries around i use app time limits I make sure I'm only online at certain parts of the day. I try and switch off early in the evenings. Like they all say like no screens an hour or two before bed. And that that does help Um, equally no screens in the mornings, but getting out into nature every day, going without your phone, you know, it's like, so, so there's not just the apps that we choose, but also then the relationship that we choose to have with our device in itself, because no app is going to be, yeah, it's going to be clean. <laughs> right, because if it's free, we are the, yeah, okay. Um, but what happens, you know, if we, one of the sort of um, overwhelming things that I get is that, you know, a message has come in on one of these messaging threads and you have to search around. Was it there? Was it there? Was it there? It's all like, oh, <laughs> it's almost like too much to sort of keep up with where that message was. And if I want to message somebody, am I going to just use the oldy texty or, you know, or definitely not Twitter. But, you know, there is it just seems to be certain people you message on certain platforms no it's funny that isn't it because yeah. i'm trying to come off whatsapp at the moment and my block to actually deleting it is i still haven't let a handful of people that contact me through whatsapp know i'm leaving whatsapp and i know they're not anywhere else so it's just it is a bit like you can text me or phone me or you know and it's actually like almost having to re um like reimagine what your friendships and relationships are like outside of these messenger platforms. I've had one friend that we realized we started just scheduling in our chat times because of all the online time. And I actually said, I was thinking about you on Saturday night, but I didn't know if I was okay to call or not on the spur of the moment. Spontaneity. To that and because we're also super available i think that's why this boundaries piece is absolutely imperative that's where we can choose and to have the out of office hours on your um emails and yeah. using uh, techniques and strategies that that you just have to uphold they will be challenged there will be like people there'll be things coming in and you'll be like oh i really like that but it's not i told myself i'm not going to do that and i tell you what one of mine is um sundays katie i have what i call sacred screen off sundays where I do not have the Wi-Fi on. Okay, there's there's the phone which picks up data, and I can if I need to be contactable. But that I found it's been really great to do, but it's also been very challenging when people have been running great stuff on a Sunday that I've wanted to do. Um, no. I did let it slip last Sunday because Ken Combe is doing his Taoist meditations, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I want to be in on that. But but you know, gen- generally um, when we're programming yourself, to Sundays as well. Sundays. Sundays are sacred, you know, they're, they're you time. And I think this is becoming more and more imperative that we put a flag in the ground for Sundays are me time. They're yeah, not- It's fun so time. interesting. Cause I'm like, I find as well through this lockdown, like I'm on my own all the time. So why have I got to carve out time for myself? But it's like, because we're so accessible through digital means, I think everyone just thinks you're free. Like I've got friends who like to meet on a Saturday night and I just don't like being on Zoom in the evenings at all. And they're like, let's all get together on Saturday night. And it's so hard to explain why I don't want to. (laughs) 
Exactly. So uh, we have. You're to... just going to be at home by yourself. Why not? I'm just like because I just don't want to be on Zoom. I'm on Zoom all week, all the time. <laughs> and it's wearing, like you say, to come down from all of this. So, um, mm. Katie, how can people find out more about you and what what you get up to? Yeah, up to. Yes, I have a club which meets twice a month, which is the Social Media for New Age Club, which you can find at www.socialmediafornewage.club. And that's hosted on Mighty Networks, which is a really nice non in your face, you pay for kind of platform. And um, so that that's that's one place. And then yes, yeah, socialmediaforanewage.com is my website and people can contact me through that and find all of my other bits and bobs that, that you get up to. Well, totally yeah. great having this conversation with you here today on Chee Time, Katie. Thank you for being here with us in the Chee Time Hop Seat. If you've got one piece of advice for people in this day and social media age, what would it be? Mm. I would say have one phone that isn't connected to big tech. So that's just for phone and friends and doesn't have data trackable in any way, shape or form, if that's possible for you. And then um, get into nature without a phone as much as possible on a day-to-day -day basis, if at all possible because it is the great reset it literally that's we talk about the great reset nature is the great reset uh, exactly. and it's all around. it's wherever we go out into it it's there that's always resetting nature does the thing all the time and that's what she's been trying to do and i mean you know hopefully this could be this the silver lining of this whole situation that we're in is that from the from the ground up from nature up we are going to be reset into our truth and into our bodies and using the tech wisely because it is a phenomenal um bunch of technology that we can get into so it's amazing just 10 minutes outside with a with a with a horizon view will reset your executive attention and clear the information overload yeah great so you just have to get out there 10 minutes and then you can come back in i think that's great advice and it it's followable as well it's possible to do that whether you set timers on your phone though my, my son does that or whether you sort of get the end of a task and go right before i dive, dive into the next one you have your cup of tea you might just go outside for a bit you know so you start building these and looking out of a window can even help yeah sure and breaths of deep lungfuls so that you breathe out so that you can breathe in really fully and yeah come back into your bodies time and again and and of course do your qigong practice i would suggest wouldn't i you would yes and dance 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 yes well i can't wait to be with you in person at some stage i know we will some stage in the future but until we do give you virtual hugs and thank you so much for being here on chi time and and for more information about the elemental qigong that I offer online, check out claraapollo.com. So till the next time, keep your chi up, my friends, and thank you so much for listening to Chi Time.